Welcome to the Washington State Retirement Planning Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Miko. In this podcast, we specialize in helping Washington State employees get a better understanding of how their complicated retirement benefits work so you can hopefully retire earlier, pay less in taxes, and enjoy more free time with your loved ones. Today's episode is all about the Deferred Compensation Plan offered by Washington State. So if you're not sure what that is or how it works, this will be a great episode for you to listen to. So Washington State offers something called a Deferred Compensation Plan. They abbreviate it as DCP. This actually falls under the 457 tax code. So you ever heard of getting a 457 plan? The Deferred Compensation Plan is the exact same thing. So when you get one of these plans, which you're able to get one as long as you're a state employee, they're offered pretty much everywhere. They're open enrollment. So you can get one anytime you want to. You can start one of these up anytime you want to. You're allowed to increase the contributions anytime you want to, decrease contributions, start and stop them. So they're fully flexible plans and they are completely optional ways to contribute for your retirement. So when you contribute into them, you now have the option to choose how you want to be taxed on it. Do you want to pay taxes now or do you want to pay taxes later? And that's another term for that is if you're using the traditional DC plan or using the brand new Roth DC plan that just started October 1st of 2023. So regardless of which one you use, they still have the same contribution limitations. So the most you contribute into one of these plans as of 2024 is 23500 If you're under the age of 50, you can go up to $30,500 if you're over the age of 50. Now that is the cap for how much you can do total. So it doesn't matter if you do that all to the pre-tax side, all to the Roth three split 50-50, you just can't go over that $30,000 threshold. Now, if you have another 457 plan you're contributing to, they have the same limitations. So you got to be careful there. Most people don't have that. If you have a 403B plan, those contribution limits, they are the same as this. But because it's a separate tax code, it's a 403B, not a 457, they are completely separate. So you could contribute the max to your deferred compensation plan and still contribute the max to your 403B plan. So with deferred compensation plans, you're able to choose what, how you want the money to be invested. Now, by default, you're going to put into something called a target date fund. Now, a target date fund, all it is is a basket of funds that kind of predicts w when you're going to retire. So they automatically default it to the closest when you're going to turn age 65, and they go in five increments. So you're going to see something like target date or target strategy 2030, 2035, 2050, 2055, so on and so forth. Now, the idea behind it is as you're close to retirement, they're supposed to automatically adjust the risk tolerance. They're adding more bond support as you get close to retirement. So it's in the way they claim it, a little bit safer route to go. Now, the problem with targeted funds is they're not unique to you. Everybody has their own retirement plans, lineup, risk tolerance levels, and so forth. So it's really hard to give mass recommendations out there because it's not specific to you, especially working with state employees. If you're not going to go to age 65, Chances are the target fund that's saying that you're going to retire 65 is going to have too much risk because it's assuming you're working longer than you actually are. So that's one reason why target funds aren't that great of a thing to have overall. They're also constantly in the media of getting sued because oftentimes they don't take on enough risk when you're young and they leave you with too much risk when you're older. So in 2020, when the market tanked, people were shocked to see that their strategy fund, the 2015 or 2020 strategy fund, it's supposed to be what they thought was safe because that's the year they're retiring in took an 18% dive in a few months. So just because it's a targeted fund doesn't mean that there's no risk involved into it. In fact, there's probably a lot more risk than you really understand that's there. 
So typically I recommend that you have custom built allocations specifically for you because only you are going to know your own level of risk tolerance so when you plan to retire and things of that nature. Now, if you have no idea where to begin with getting custom built recommendations on the free compensation plan, we actually build a service that does exactly that. I'll link them in the show notes for you guys. Now we'll take a step back and talk about the tax benefits of using one of these tax deferred plans. Because one of the common questions that are going to start coming up now is, should I do the pre-tax deferred comp? Should I do the Roth deferred comp? Or should I do both? And the answer is always going to be, it depends. Because everyone's tax situations, retirement income plans, they're all going to be different. So it's hard for me to kind of gauge which one is going to be better for someone off of an email or a short conversation or on the phone. Typically, what I like to do is look at someone's tax returns. And then I like to look at their pension numbers to see, you know, where is our future retirement income going to be at? If you fall off the cliff and there's your income going to be a lot lower, then maybe the pre-tax route might be the way to go. However, I can say this, that most of you I talk to, because the employees in Washington have a pension and a social security, they typically have less of a dive than most Americans. So because they have a guaranteed floor of income that's higher and all of it is taxable, you typically, you know, you're going to make less retirement. Most people don't make so much less that they're changing multiple brackets. You might bump down one bracket and that's usually it. Oftentimes we see people not move brackets at all and they're kind of surprised when we show them those numbers. So it's important that you look at your own situation, get a gauge of what income is in the future and where you think it's going to put you tax-wise. Now the current tax code we have is set to expire at the end of 2025. So you only have two more years left of the current tax environment. So when it expires, or if it expires, you're saying, we're expecting all taxes to go up. Basically, the law says we revert back to the way things were in 2017, and then they adjust for inflation. So the way things back were in 2017 was taxes were higher across the board. The 12% bracket was 15, the 22 was 25, and so on and so forth. Everything goes up. The second thing that a lot of people aren't going to see coming is the standard deduction got doubled in the current tax law. So most couples now are writing off close to $30,000 a year, just free and clear. That gets cut in half. So going forward, if the tax would revert the way it was, you now get half the deduction that you're used to these past few years, which means more ta- more income is now subject to taxes, aka a higher tax bill for you. So there's a lot of things to look at when deciding, you know, should I go the pre-tax route or the Roth route? All that being said, though, the Roth route typically works good for people in the sense that it gives them another tax-free bucket to dip into in retirement. So one of the worst situations in retirement is you go in there, you have your pension, you've got your social security checks, your taxable income sources, and all you have is pre-tax money and the deferred compensation plan, force or whatnot, and that's your only income source. Anyway, you turn, you're getting taxed on it. So when you have money in a Roth DCP, you have the opportunity to dip into a tax-free account, an account you already took care of the taxes on that you don't have to worry about having to get care of the tax bill. So if in retirement, taxes are crazy high one year, and you're like, hey, I don't want to pay more taxes, but I need money out of my account. If you pulled out the Roth account, you pay no taxes on that money because you paid it initially. You paid it when taxes are back at this 12 or 22 or 24% rate, not at whatever the future rates may be. So in a way, doing a Roth ECP or Roth anything is a form of tax insurance. You're buying the bullet now, or you're locking in the rates now because we feel like it's lower than it will be in the future. One other strategy that opened up with this deferred compensation plan is the ability to do Roth conversions. Now, next week, I got a whole episode on how to do Roth conversions inside the DCP 
What does that even mean? How does it work? And how it can potentially save you six figures? So be sure to come back next week for that episode. And before I sign off, remember that in the show notes will be links to get onto our website for more free resources for you guys, as well as a link to sign up for the Deferred Compensation Investment Advice System. So if you need help figuring out what do I invest in, and more importantly, when should I make changes to it, that's all there in that service. So go ahead and check that out. Link will be in the show notes. All right, that's a wrap for today. I'll catch you guys all next week. Remember that your future depends on what you do today. All right, before I sign off, just a real quick legal disclosure that we're required to say as licensed fiduciary advisors. So remember that this is a podcast. It is designed for educational and entertainment purposes only. I don't know you personally, therefore I cannot give you any personal advice. So please don't take anything that we say on the show as being personal, financial, legal, or tax advice. If you want that kind of stuff, Make sure you seek out a professional so they can help you with the strategies and investments that are right for you. Also, please remember that despite the name of our show, we are in no way associated with Washington State or the Department of Guidance Systems or any other Washington employer. We are a private-owned firm that specializes in working with Washington State employees, which is why we know so much about this stuff. So remember, we don't work for the state in any way, shape, or form. So please don't confuse us as being an official representative of the state. All right, that's it for the legal stuff. I'll catch you guys all next time.